What's up, everybody? Another episode of The Straight Cut coming to you from a new place. I'm up in northwest Arkansas. I am by myself. I am at the Cigar District. I've got the week off, so I'm doing a little traveling. got my buddy Lee with me over here. He's off mic. But we are at a new shop that I've never been up to before. I'm so glad I finally can be up here. It's the Cigar District. It's in Bentonville. We have Bobby Duncan with us today. How are you doing, my man? I'm doing great. Welcome. Good. Thank you. I'm I'm so glad to be up here. Beautiful shot, by the way. Let's just start off by that. It's uh, I, I you know our, we already got the tour, and we'll talk about it again. Um, but just uh, coming up coming up here, Bentonville. You know, if you're not used to what Arkansas is, the northwest corner is. It's where Tyson is. That's where uh, Walmart is. So it has this aura and era of just like clean, I guess, from from central Arkansas. And then when you come over the ridge and seeing this is two-story shop, absolutely beautiful. I liked it, like seeing it, you know, doing the tour. It was awesome. But now we are sitting down uh, having a cigar, and we're going to talk about the cigar in a second. But thank you so much for taking some time out to uh, to be on here. And uh, unfortunately, Mark couldn't be with us because he still has to do a day job, but I have a nice little week off, and I'm just going to do a nice little tour of cigar shops uh, this week. So you're my first stop, my man. I really appreciate it, uh, Aaron. As you know, I'm a big fan of the show and have been since the very beginning. Good. Um, you know, back in the, uh, the Aaron and Steve days, <laughs> you know, that uh, one of the things that just has been so impressive is you've been able to maintain great continuity, even during that transition from Steve and Mark. Mark's awesome, brings a whole different, you know, yeah. kind of perspective and stuff. So it's really a big thrill to have you with us. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for, for doing this. So uh, we are smoking a cigar that you picked out w- for us. Uh, you know, we always have the, the guests kind of choose, but, you know, it's your humidor, so we got to do a nice little tour around. And, you know, and you picked out the Crowned Heads uh, Mil Dias, the uh, Edition Limitada 2021, or just LE because I'm going to screw that up, and you know how good I am at, at speaking Spanish. Um, but I've never, I haven't had the LE version. I've had the, I guess the original uh, kind came in one of the luxury packs. Um, I'm a big Crown Heads fan. I don't smoke enough of them, um, but I'm, I'm enjoying this so far. We just lit them up. This is the Churchill size. Uh, on this one, is is that just on the LE, is just the Churchill? Uh, no, I think there's two, maybe three uh, Vitolas. Okay. Uh, this is a, a cigar that's a, a a product of their partnership with uh, Tobacco Era Pagardo. Okay. And, uh, you know, it's it's got a um, Maduro dark wrapper, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Ecuadorian Habano, a, a neat uh, filler. It's a combination of, of several different uh, yeah. filler uh, tobaccos, including uh, Costa Rica, Peru, mm-hmm. and Nicaragua. So. Yeah, so so like we were saying, the wrapper is an Ecuadorian Habano, the binder is Nicaraguan, and then the filler is Costa Rican, uh, Nicaraguan, and Peruvian. This is the only other cigar that has Peruvian that I can re- that I know of, other than the the Avo Ritmo. Not a lot of cigars really utilize the Peruvian a lot. And so I'm, I'm going to be interested to, to really get into this and see how it is. It's, it's burning well right now. It mm-hmm. seems like uh, the draw is great. So we've, we've really um, only carried crown heads for the last uh, six months, but they've been well received by our customers and members. So Yeah, it has a big cult following. Um, I know I, we, we used to have it at West End, you know, probably before I even started working there seven years ago or so. But whenever I travel and I've got friends, you know, all over the over the U.S., a lot of their favorite cigars are of the crowned head, you know, variety. Right. And every one that I've smoked, I've really enjoyed. 
Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to smoking into this. And then when we're done here, doing a nice little uh, shopping trip uh, around the humidor. I already told Lee on the way up here, I was like, all right, I can't like fill my humidor, but you got you to gotta rein me in a little bit. But I think I've already going to break that and uh, uh, walk away with some, with some stuff that I uh, don't have access to. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see it. We'll, we'll be thrilled to take care of it. <laughs> yeah. So let's get a little bit of history uh, on, on you and your yeah, cigars and everything. Sure. So how, how long have you been a uh, cigar smoker? So I started smoking cigars. Probably my first cigar was around 1993. Okay. Uh, so you know, uh, people who are familiar with the with the kind of the history of cigars in the United States uh, will recall that was during the boom. Yeah. You know, yeah. and uh, especially as that decade uh, moved on. But my first, uh, I was introduced to cigars and my first cigar in Little Rock at, okay. at the uh, Little Rock Pipe and Tobacco. In the OG shop. shop. And uh, one of uh, one of West, End, West End's regular customers, uh, Bill Green, mm-hmm. introduced me to cigars. And uh, when I think about the first cigars, I, I recall two different cigars, and I don't know which was first, but... Uh, well, Gloria was one of the first, mm-hmm. uh, and and that was back, uh, you know, when E.P. Uh, uh, Carrillo mm-hmm. was, was controlling uh, La Gloria, and then another one that you just don't see a lot around anymore called El Rico. So okay. those were kind of the first two. Really, I've never I've never even heard of, heard of that one. Yeah. So yeah, so yeah, so P and T is they've been there. Oh, what's I guess sixty years. So whenever I say like I've said on the show a few times, you know. You know, they're the OG shop. They are the the OG shop. That's where I used to go before uh, West End Open. Um, I don't. Since you were down in Central Arkansas, were you familiar with Michael Cigar out in Benton? No. So that's where it was a tiny little. I mean, it was just an old little house, and he had a small little humidor, good selection. But then he he retired, moved off to Hot Springs. So then that's when I started going to 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 P and T. And they were just, yeah, they're, that's, that's the, that's the pipe destination. I, I didn't dabble with that. That's, that's out of my, you know, arrows expertise. We'll talk about your pipe uh, selection that you have here, which is, is really nice. Um, but uh, yeah, that's cool. So, so 93 was around the, around the first, first one. Yes. And, you know, from that starting point, uh, when Bill introduced me to cigars, I, I was, more of an infrequent cigar smoker, you yeah. know, more of a uh, deck and patio yeah. kind of guy, uh, you know, sometimes uh, a cup of coffee and, uh, and uh, you know, some music and, you know, uh, I know you're a big uh, music guy. Um, that was kind of the vibe I would go for. And as I, I mentioned earlier, it was only after I moved up here um, to, to Northwest Arkansas in 2001, um, where um, probably around 2009, 2010, I discovered a little shop on uh, North Walton Boulevard mm-hmm. uh, called Romeo's Uptown Pipes and Cigars. And, uh, you know, like so many of us, it was, uh, you know, I walked into, uh, a, you know, a community, a culture, a, you know, a very cohesive group, of, of uh, primarily guys that had that strong bond and stuff. And that was really the appeal. So I just got drawn in from that point. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Um, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the culture and everything and how you, how you can like separate it between just a, a, a smoker and just a user of cigars as opposed to an, an owner and everything. But, you know, getting, 
when you when you be started getting more into the smoking rec- recreationally and everything, and you went from just a po- uh, just from a patio and every, and you know outdoors to smoking in a lounge. What you know? What was that turning point like? From all right, this is now something that I'm going to do, you know, once a week, whatever. To now, this is now becoming not so much an identity, but this is you know, this is almost like a second family. Where where did that transition happen? Yeah, it it it, it was it was a f- still a few years after I first went to to Romeo's, uh, but it was when I stopped just going in and buying cigars and walking out and started sitting down and really starting to be involved in conversations. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, what I, what I discovered was, you know, these guys, they were very invested in one another's lives. Uh, It wasn't, the cigar was that kind of common bond, but it was really like this deep, you know, uh, you know, emotional investment in, in one another's lives, very supportive I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a, a uh, you know like some of the some aspects of our life where it feels very transactional. This yeah. was something that felt like a permanent bond, yeah. and even guys who moved off moved away and stuff, you you they they remained in your life, mm-hmm. right? Because that bond was so strong, um, and uh, you know as as that as as that became more clear to me, I really valued that. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I just got drawn into it until, you know, I was just felt like I was part of it. Right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, what happened, uh, was the, the owner of that shop, like, a, like a lot of, you know, cigar shop owners and stuff, you know, it's, it, it's a, it's a business that, you know, some people, it, their hobby becomes their profession mm-hmm. and stuff. And, uh, Frank Romeo, who was the owner and stuff. That's kind of how it evolved for him more, more, he was more of a pipe guy, honestly, but then, you know, the, uh, uh, to make a living at it and stuff, he sort of evolved it to more and more cigars. Uh, but he, he and his wife were, were really kind of looking for an exit strategy mm-hmm. and they, uh, they wanted to move, uh, to the Northwest United States to, uh, you know, be closer to, uh, some of our family members and, you know, I, as I was thinking about it, I thought, man, this would, for this place to go away would just really create yeah. a vacuum in my life. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, uh, and, uh, not to mention the lives of the, the other folks who were, who were, um, you know, uh, regular, uh, customers. Uh, and my wife and I, uh, as I said, we, we had moved to Mintville in, in 2001 and I'm, uh, we moved here because I work in technology and my principal client was Walmart. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I've been a technology provider to Walmart, you know, for over 30 years. Okay. Uh, and uh, that uh, therefore I've been around retail yeah. for over 30 years. Yeah. And therefore, you know, I, I, I like to think that I've learned a little bit about retail, mm-hmm. you know, sort of serving at the, at the women wishes of the world's <laughs> largest retailer. <laughs> yeah. So my wife and I really wanted to do something uh, that we thought would add to the community in retail. And originally what we were going to do, uh, Aaron, was we were going to open a uh, kitchen store uh, down on the square mm-hmm. uh, 
and, and my wife and daughter, uh, Rachel, were going to run it. Uh, but as you know, we got down the path and stuff. My daughter at that time was uh, her family was just uh, you know coming along, and uh, she and her husband and our two grandsons live in Fayetteville and stuff. And it just it it, it felt like it was going to be hard you know, for yeah. her in particular. So they just, you know, my wife and daughter just kind of put that on hold. And when this, uh, when Romeo's, it was clear that something was going to change, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and it didn't see, it didn't feel like it was going to be a good change. Right. Yeah. Uh, then, uh, then I, I, uh, talked to my wife about it and, uh, you know, I, I laugh. Uh, and if she was here, she, she would be telling the story with a, uh, with a smile on her face and stuff. You know, her reaction is, I don't even like you smoking cigars <laughs> and you want me to be, you know, yeah. cause to do, to do that, I had to continue doing my, my day job. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, uh, to launch a new business and stuff. And, uh, you know, we had, uh, we, but needless to say that started a, a long conversation. Mm -hmm. Uh, but ultimately, um, you know, I, I hate to think that I just prevailed on her, but ultimately we came to a, a, an agreement to, to move forward. So, so we bought the assets to that store, um, and in, uh, in 20, um, in 2017 and we operated, um, that store in that leased facility that, that Frank, Frank Romeo operated in until, um, until we opened here in April of 2019. So I don't know if I told you more than you wanted there. No, but, no, no, that's yeah, good. Yeah. So, so when you were operating, when you, when you took possession, yep. was it Cigar, Cigar District then, or were you mm -hmm. still going under Romeo's name? It was Romeo. It was still Romeo's. Um, and part of the reason for that is, uh, by care, by continuing the, the name, even though we didn't buy the business, we bought the assets and mm -hmm. set up a different LLC to, mm -hmm to operate it, uh, just because we wanted that legal separation and yeah. stuff. Uh, the, the, the cigar, the relationship with the cigar brands was through Romeo's. Yeah. Yeah. So we wanted that continuity and yeah. we wanted to continue to, uh, you know, we've got the downstairs, uh, we've got, uh, I think about a thousand and sixty two individual SKUs. Uh, with a hundred plus uh, brands, obviously it's a bigger footprint than it was mm -hmm. was there, but they had some of the core lines like yeah. Fuente um, and uh, and you know some of the big guys and stuff that we wanted to, to continue on with. So that's why we operated on. But but at you know as you and I talked, the 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 reality is that there was so much that we saw that we needed to improve there. Yeah. Um, you know, the physical facility was just, was just not great. Yeah. <laughs> we, we immediately started making changes to, to improve it and to elevate the experience. Uh, at one point we tried to buy the, that building with the idea that we'll, we'll transform it. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, uh, remodel and, and, and do all these different things and stuff. But, the you know, the, weren't, wasn't able to come to terms on that and mm -hmm. stuff. So at that point we, we found this property, uh, and we're sitting at the intersection of, of Sixth and South uh, East um, A Street, 
Uh, so we're six blocks off the square, not on the square, but yeah. very close. That's what, that's going to ask you was, so this was just a plot of land. This building wasn't here. You built it, you built it up, right? There was a little, uh, rock house, uh, here. Uh, so we bought the, we bought the, the property, knocked the, the structure down and, uh, and started building. How has the, how has the neighborhood, you know, brought you in? Is has it been yeah. welcoming? You know, it's interesting, and I love that question because as I think about the journey that you and I were talking about before, uh, it it, it was an interesting one. The way it works here, and I think in a lot of areas, is that we had to go before the city planning Mm -hmm. uh, commission. And, you know, we were working closely with our architect, with our uh, contractor, with our site engineer, and, you know, putting together the plans and you know, it, it uh, you know, the, 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 the first step was you, you got to get the rezone because it was residential, yeah. residential to light commercial or mercantile, depending on terminology. Um, and then the second was to get approval for the, the physical facility. And initially there was some opposition. Yeah. And I totally get it. I yeah. mean, if you think about, you know, the stereotypical smoke shop and yeah. stuff that yeah. people think about. Because what they saw in their head was probably head shop kind of stuff like that. Yeah, like glass pipes yeah. and, you know, all that <laughs> that sort of thing and stuff. And and so we had some, res, some initial re, uh, resistance and stuff. But when we actually went there, several neighbors came along and, um, you know, before we presented the actual plans – you know, and we had several uh, visual exhibits and stuff. Um, the, you know, there were objections and stuff. But once we showed them that we were going to build yeah. a first class, um, over a million dollars yeah. to, to build this building, yeah. right? Um, then uh, that that concern kind of evaporated. Yeah. <laughs> so they've been... It's been great. Uh, Might even see their their property value kind of go up a little bit, just seeing what's it, coming along. It, it, exactly right. You know, if 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 uh, if we were to walk out of our shop and walk a few blocks uh, to the east uh, on Sixth Street and stuff, you run right into the Momentary, which is one of two world class museums. And when I say world class, I don't mean in Bentonville. I don't mean United States. Mm-hmm. I mean in the in the in the on the planet, right? Uh, so the the neighborhood has continued to evolve, right? So since we built our building and stuff, a lot of great stuff has has continued to be developed. Awesome. And then, so when did the doors open at this location? Uh, April 2019. 2019. Okay. Yep. So right before the world went on fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and and that that is such a great great point and stuff uh you know as we've talked about our business with like our suppliers and you know even brandon from west end and stuff it's it it's been hard to gauge how you're doing Mm -hmm. right because uh you know we we opened and obviously within the first year was the pandemic and then it's continued since then so it's kind of you know we feel good about where we are and and we're we're definitely on track from a business plan perspective but uh, uh, this this idea of, of what's normal going to look like coming out of this stuff, yeah. time will tell. Well, I mean, that's one thing that we've been able to track is we've been able to see, like we knew 
our base and everything. And then when everything happened, you know, our numbers grew just because people were stuck at home or people picking up new hobbies and stuff like that. So, so like the, the cigar smokers in Little Rock definitely grew uh, during all this. And, you know, it's only gone up from there. And so it's, it's, it's nice. It's nice to see that. And, uh, you know, it definitely helps, you know, with, with your side, because you live in the, I'm going to assume central Arkansas is probably the most populated, but definitely Northwest is on track to maybe even over, you know, overpass central Arkansas here, you know, within the next five to 10 years or so, just because this is where the main, the college is just, you know, 20 miles down the road, you know, you have Tyson, Walmart, all the, all the big stuff. And this is becoming, you know, almost, you know, kind of like what the tech hub was uh, in California. And then it's gone to Austin. You know, I've been reading articles how Northwest Arkansas is now becoming, you know, what Austin was five, 10 years ago is now becoming Arkansas here because, you know, it is relatively inexpensive to live in Arkansas. You know, if you're outdoorsy, the Northwest area is amazing for that. Tons of, you know, we're, it's right in the Ozarks. Um, tons of hiking and everything like that. So this is definitely a place to, you know, create more culture in this community and everything like that. And so it is, yeah, I can see how you, you, you're starting off with a, with a, uh, you know, starting off at zero with a base number and then everything falls apart. So it's hard to, hard to gauge that, but Mm -hmm. you know, you're probably seeing little, little increments of just, you know, the, the, the clientele and everything like that is going forward. Yeah. hundred percent true. Um, the, the fact that we, uh, for all intents and purposes, relaunched the business when we opened here mm-hmm. because it's a new brand, yeah. it's a new location and it's a new facility and stuff. Yeah. It was more like a complete restart versus, you know, if we had continued, you know, either with the Romeo's name or in that location and stuff, there would have been more continuity, um, you know, we, we had to, we had to ensure that we didn't lose our customers. Right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. When we, when we switch locations and names and stuff and, you know, I don't know how, how it is with West End. I've had some conversation with Brandon about it, but you know, I, I like to say customers find us one of three ways. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, through our existing customers and members, that's mm-hmm. the very best way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, the second is through our uh, digital presence, you know, social media, website. We've made very significant investments in that uh, area. In fact, our son, Matt, runs our social media and uh, now maintains. He didn't build it, but he maintains our website and stuff. So that's obviously, you know, uh, very key. But then the third way is through our physical presence, Yeah. right? Yeah. You know, uh, one of the things that's, that's really been fun and, and, and thrilling to me is, you know, we'll be out on our, our patio, which you, you guys have seen and stuff. And I'll, I'll see people either walking or bicycling or even driving by and they'll, they'll be, they'll be coming toward the building and they'll, they'll look at the building then they'll look at the sign and they'll look at the building, they'll look at the sign. The, The sign obviously says the cigar district, uh, and it's like 
this does not compute. <laughs> uh, now, I've been tempted to yell and say, yes, it really is a cigar shop. Yeah, but, yeah. but I don't do that. So. Yeah. So, you know, we, we got the tour and everything. So do you consider this the neighborhood cigar shop as opposed, it's not a, it's not a bar. Right. This is a brick and mortar, right. um, like what you said, mercantile. Right. But this is the, the quintessential neighborhood cigar shop to you. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, we, we, uh, we have some, uh, some colleagues who own a shop on the, on the other end of town that, uh, that is also a bar and stuff. Uh, but the way we got the name just as a little backstory and stuff is that, the with the city's master plan, uh, if, if we were to leave and, and kind of go to the West and to the North and that area is called, uh, the arts district. Mm -hmm. And then if we were to go, uh, to the, to the North and to the East, that area on, on literally the city, city planning maps is, uh, called the market district. So we were sitting right in the right middle. In the middle. Okay. We claimed that we are the cigar <laughs> district. Uh, and, and, and so we sort of want to be that, you know, full service, uh, cigar shop tobacconist to service, you know, the greater downtown of Bentonville, you know, this, uh, you know, we consider ourselves part of downtown and stuff. So we're the, the downtown cigar. Awesome. So you, your, your tobacconists here, they're, they are CRT certified they as are. well. They are. Yeah. So but, that's the, the yeah. certified retail tobacconist. Right. Yeah. So that's the, you know, that's, that's, that's awesome yeah. to, to have that. So they're knowledgeable. They can help anybody coming in mm -hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good. And because we're a, a a Davidoff appointed merchant like like uh, West End Conway is, um, we they're all uh, Davidoff certified as well. Yeah. So that's important because you know when someone walks in and they they ask for a recommendation, uh, we we want that recommendation to be informed with knowledge. I mean, mm -hmm. it's like you know I I consider West End the top of the top in in all of Arkansas, and I've been in just I think every shop in Arkansas. And, um, well, I appreciate and, that. and that's because that's because of the, the sort of warm, you know, hospitality, but it's also because of the deep knowledge of the staff. So awesome. Well, I, thank you. <laughs> appreciate that. Um, yeah. So it, it's, it's the continued education that like, you know, the, the, the Davidoff certification and stuff like that. It's mm -hmm. the, it's the little things that does, that does make a shop stand out and it's, you know, and, it, and it's reflective in the clientele as well, because you're also educating them more. And then like, you know, you probably have it the same way. You know, we have a lot of people that come into our shop who might be newbies. If I'm busy with another customer, tons of our regulars or members, they'll just start talking and just kind of, you know, just be, Oh yeah. What do you, what do you think? And like, Oh, I'm smoking this, you know, try it out. You might like that. And they'll even, some will even break down the blend and, and where it come from in the region and everything like that. Yeah. And then, you know, just like a wrestling match, they'll tag me in and then I'll take over. And, but then I'll see like, Oh, I don't like you did my job for me. I don't have to do anything. And now my transaction is just go to the POS station and check them out. And he's like, you know, red's already done the, done his job or whatever. He's like, he sold them on the, 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 the big block 770, you know, something yeah. like that. Yeah. I, I, I gotta tell you, one of the great joys uh, of my life is the opportunity to talk to somebody who is interested in cigars, but isn't a cigar smoker. Yeah. Because that whole conversation, that whole dialogue, you know, it's, first of all, it takes you back mm -hmm. to when you were that guy, right? Mm -hmm. 
Um, and, uh, you know, the, the, the way I often will kind of broach that is I'll, I'll try to find some reference points. Like, tell me, uh, tell me what kind of food you like. Yeah, do, you, yeah. do you like spicy food? You know, mm -hmm. Tell me what kind of spirits you like. Tell me what kind of coffee you like. And, you know, once you start getting those reference points established and stuff, then that can kind of guide you to the, the type of uh, cigar, even mm -hmm. Vitola and that sort of thing. So it's that, that part of the business is so much fun. I don't get to do it much, but I, I have guys who know so much more than I do who do it every day. Well, good. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit about your cigar history and everything like that. You know, we've already, you've already said you started around 93, but what, what do you like? What do you prefer to smoke? You know, if you have quiet time by yourself, you're in your, you're what I say, bringing back to zero. Yeah. What do you like yeah. to have in your, in your yeah. hand? Yeah. So, so I'm going to answer that question in two ways. One is <clears throat> the way we, uh, the way my wife and I operate the shop is uh, she's responsible for the operations and the uh, financials. Mm -hmm. I'm responsible for the um, uh, product or merchandise side and the membership uh, pieces and stuff. So I, I, I say that foundationally because as, as a byproduct of being responsible for merchandise, I smoke a lot of different cigars, yeah. right? I, I yeah. make a point, you know, I'm, uh, I'm not quite to the point where I'd say, you know, I can't choose among my children kind of thing because <laughs> I'm about to. But, yeah. but, um, but definitely uh, I smoke across the humidor. And, of course, I'm always sampling new, mm -hmm. new products that, that reps or manufacturers are providing and stuff. But, um, you know, we did a uh, – last year we did a uh, – a cigar final four survey among our members and mm -hmm. stuff. So we, um, we uh, sent out ballots uh, and then got them back and recorded them and then published them. And so I, if I think about my own ballot, which, which still remains, you know, uh, very, uh, very consistent, at least to some degree, um, Probably my favorite cigar of all cigars is the Davidoff Yamasa. Okay, uh, it's that right balance for me of, you know, it's there's no there's no real full cigar in the Davidoff portfolio. No, right? no. it's it, it's let's let's just be clear. It's, mm -hmm. and there's no, you know, uh, LFD double Hero <laughs> in that triple Maduro, you know, kind of thing. But um, but that product has the right spice note, the the right flavor profile, the right uh, you know, smoking experience, smoke production, yeah. bites, draws. It's just because when I'm just for pleasure smoking a cigar, I, I want it to be simple. I, I, I don't I don't want it to be a project. I don't want it to be inconsistent with that sort of thing. Uh, so that's one. Uh, now, kind of going to something newer, and this is a cigar I learned about through you guys, through the straight cut, okay. which was Viva La Vida. Oh, okay, okay. One of my... I, that cigar has become one of my absolute favorites. Okay. Just love, love, love. Uh, you know, in, in particular, the Jester. Uh -huh. You know, when you can't get the Jester, one of the others and stuff. And, of course, that's an AJ product. But, uh, you know, I was mentioning we've, uh, we've, we've done these cigar craft uh, Zooms with our members and stuff. And we had uh, uh, Billy and Gus on. Uh, for the, oh, those two guys. The, two are, of the best guys ever. Just best human beings. Oh, my God. For, forget cigars. I yeah. mean, just 
I mean, th- it's just a you know kind of a positive energy experience mm-hmm. for those guys. Yeah. Uh, but but that's that's another uh, absolute favorite of mine. Uh, but you know, from there, you know, I really I, I go a lot of different directions. Uh, you, you just know, sp- my, spot a web out. My 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 favorite uh, my favorite Maduro just for, as an example and stuff. I've got two. Uh, I love the Ash and Age from Maduro. That's that's the OG for me, right? Mm-hmm. Maduro's. And, uh, of course, that's a shout-out to Steve. Uh, and then the second one is the Crux Maduro. That's that's kind of become – I don't want to say it's going to be my favorite because I know Steve listens to this po- podcast and stuff, but it, it, it's right up there. That Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. The, the, you know, you've listened to the show. You know what the age Maduro ashen means to me. Last year, the Crux Maduro was my number one. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, that's a cigar that it's a good bridge for people who don't smoke Maduro's and, 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 and fuller body stuff where it's not going to knock them on their ass. It's going to be a nice little, nice little bridge to that other direction of the fuller bodies because it is such an easy smoke. And, you know, my, that my wife, you know, she's a, she's a cigar smoker and she enjoys that one a lot. Um, you know, we, we were smoking the, the, the Davidoff Year of the Tiger last night. You know, you were talking about how, you know, Davidoff doesn't have those real big full-body ones. Have you had the, the, the Year of the Tiger? Mm-hmm. The spice that comes off that thing. I'm, I was just so absolutely amazed at what they produced. Because when you think of Davidoff, you think of lighter, creamy, complex yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. but with that tiger was yeah. like wow, this is yeah. unreal of what they've produced yeah. on a smaller scale as well. Yeah. But just the flavor profile off that has would blew me away one hundred percent. One hundred percent agree. You know, I I I know it's a well used phrase in our industry, but you know, uh, it's not your father's Davidoff. No, I mean what oh, they're God, doing. No. You know, like uh, I heard you guys talking about Chef's Edition. I thought that was a fabulous. Uh, Cigar, um, you know, the one I smoked was perfection. It, there was no, you know, I, I didn't feel like need to be aged. It probably most cigars can benefit from mm-hmm. some aging, right? But, but you know, for me, it was perfection. You know, the last cigar I'll, I'll mention in terms of of personal favorites and stuff. You know, one of the brands that that we brought in, um, you know, fairly early on when when we opened this shop was uh, Placencia mm. and the uh, the uh, Placencia uh, Colorado. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that is a uh, in the uh, in the six oh two. Excuse me, the six oh one Vitola and stuff. Yeah. That cigar. In fact, it, it was on the I forget which number, but it was in the top ten of Cigar Journal. Mm-hmm. That cigar is. You know, a lot of times when I smoke a cigar, one of the things I'm, you know, of course I'm looking at does, you know. Cut, burn, light, you know, does it have any kind of defect? Does it have a great draw and stuff? But I'm really looking, is, is this aged tobacco? Yeah. To me, that's the kind of the, the thing that sets a lot of cigars apart, right? Yeah. And that one is just phenomenal. Have you had the new 149? You know, we just got them. We just got them, and I haven't had it. I heard you guys, uh, I think Josh or someone on the podcast. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, for, if you like Placencia, they have, they've killed it on this one. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, I don't, I think they just have that one Vitola size and it's a smaller, which I prefer. Um, 
killed me. It was it was really yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah, you smoke across the Placentia line. There's a lot of variety, right? Mm-hmm. Like that Reserva, mm-hmm. just such a clean finish, kind oh, yeah. of cigar. But yeah, but yeah, that's uh, that's just a little sample. Of <laughs> well, of you know, we got our top ten show coming up, so I'm gonna have to have have you add to it. So I need I'll need your ten awesome. in a couple of weeks, can, and, and I'll and I'll and I'll spout it out. But let's talk about these cigars uh, that we're st- smoking right now. So again, we're smoking the Crown Heads uh, Mel Diaz, the 2021. Um, so you, you've had this before, right. of course. So this is my first time having it. It's the first time I've had oh, Churchill. Had, okay. The Churchill. The yeah. spice on this one, especially on that retro hell is nice, but also the, the, the aroma coming off the foot of it, just the smoke, you know, I was getting that and it had a very, almost like a, a current raisiny date kind of smell to it. Really lovely. I like that because you don't get that when you're actually smoking itself but you get a lot more of that spice. Um, but, but you know, that, that Habano, I'm a big fan of Habano. That's where you get a lot of that spice from and everything. And Nicaraguan tobacco to me is just top tier. Um, you know, and then I can't really differentiate the, the Peruvian and everything. You know, it adds a little bit of stuff in there. Maybe that might be what's given that a little bit of that current or, or whatever. Um, but I'm really enjoying this. The burn uh, is, is really nice. It's a looser ash. Um, it's not a, it's not, it's one that really just flakes away uh, when you, when you tap it. Um, but I'm really enjoying this. And again, the, the size, the Churchill size, I don't smoke a lot of Churchills. Um, but this is one that it's, it's, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I am too. I, I, I like the, um, the other Batola and stuff. So that's why I thought if you guys hadn't had, uh, this particular cigar, you know, this, this is their LE for 2021. Mm -hmm. So. Um, they have the, um, the non LE version and stuff, which is also quite good, but I'm loving this. Yeah, no, th- this is good. Um, so let, let's go, let's, let's take it back to you on cigar wise. So again, a question we ask our guests is memory involved with a cigar, either a cigar itself or a time and place. Um, what is, you know, what memory comes to you as your favorite or most, or your biggest memory involving around, uh, cigars? Yeah. So, you know, uh, First of all, I have to go back to that first cigar. Right? I have to go back to going to um, you know Little Rock PNT and sitting there uh, with Bill and being introduced to cigars. And I I knew then, even though I didn't become like plug into the cigar community at that mm-hmm. time, it it was a it resonated with me enough uh, to just kind of. A, occupy permanent space yeah. you know and uh and, and so as a result of that i i always associate cigars with friends right? yeah friends and friendships and you know that that kind of bond uh and uh so you know even though occasionally i would uh you know smoke a, a cigar alone and stuff and really enjoyed that but i still think it's always with people that that's the impression. Um, and then, uh, you know, there's so many I could choose from, but I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll go from that first one to yesterday. I was sitting, uh, you know, uh, we were closed uh, for, for Christmas, and uh, we always are closed on Sunday, but we had been closed for several days. So my wife and I had a chance to uh, sit out on the patio, just her and I, and, you know, this is the lady who didn't even like me smoking Star Wars. 
she was smoking, you know, a, uh, in fact, it was another one of, uh, uh, another one of crown heads, the, the Fiat Lux, okay. uh, cigar and just her and I spending time, not talking about the business, not dealing with the, uh, you know, some of the challenges that come with it, but just enjoying one another. So those are two. Awesome. Yeah. That was one of the good things about, you know, with me doing the show today on a Monday, normally we record on a Sunday. So, you know, I work Sundays at the, at the lounge. So I was able to leave the lounge at seven, get home at a you know, earlier time, you know, me and Mo had dinner and then we, you know, I was like, Hey, do you want to go outside and have a cigar? Because it's still like, it was still like 70 degrees outside and nice and balmy, you know, just exactly what you're thinking of, you know, the day after Christmas, uh, uh, down here. Uh, but you know, we just had that time just to, you know, sit back and just, you know, kind of decompress, you know, we both smoked the Davidoff, uh, you're the tiger, you know, she, uh, she got one from, from Mark. And so we smoked that together and, you know, we don't even have to talk to each other. We can just be in each other's company and just smoke and enjoy that. So I can see, I definitely, I, I get you on just that companionship, you know, especially with the, with a spouse. And it's uh, it's always a memorable experience for me on my part yeah. as well, whenever I get to enjoy yeah. one w- with Mo. So I have a question. Are, are, are you telling me that Mark gifted Mo a year of the tiger? Uh, both of us, me and her one, yeah. Uh, next trip up here, you need to bring Mark with you. <laughs> That's a high quality friend. <laughs> he, is, he is. He is. He is. A, he is one of my. He's going to be one that I know until I'm six feet under. So, um. so yeah. But, but again, to, to to your question more broadly and stuff, if I think about the last uh, few years of my life, even going to before we we owned, uh, you know, the, the Opry Romeos and stuff, so many of the most special times in my life, you know, now. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's it's not that again. As we've talked, it's not that the cigars are at the center, but the but the cigar maybe what brought us together. It's right? involved somehow. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's let's get into the nuts and bolts of now the business side. You have the distinction of being on one side of the counter for X amount of years to now doing the other side of the counter. Right. What challenges? occurred that you never even thought about right. just being a consumer of cigars to right. now being, right. okay, now I'm like, this is yeah. part of, you know, yeah. th- this is part of who I am now of yeah. selling and being the, being the safe space, being the refuge right. for a lot of people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love the question. Um, so I, there's kind of three dimensions for me. For, first of all, there, um, as I mentioned, we, we built this building. Right. So um, I'm going to kind of start with that part of it. So that came with a lot of challenges. Mm-hmm. When, when we were out on the patio, I was <laughs> I was sharing a few things uh, that uh, came along the, the journey obstacle. You know, I'm, uh, I'll, I'll repeat what I say. You know, I've, I've been called a lot of bad names in my life. <laughs> I haven't been in the military, but but uh, probably developer was the worst name because, yeah. uh, you know, of all that comes with trying to uh, take a piece of property and build a building on it, um, you know, here in Bentville. A lot of twists and turns with that, mm-hmm. you know. And, uh, of course, I like to say my, my wife and I own this business uh, with our partner, the bank. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, so the real estate part of it came with its own, own, yeah. own challenges and stuff. And, you know, the, 
I'll, I'll just mention one. So we were, we're planners. So we, we had planned things out to where this business would open on a certain date. And as a result, the, the other shop, we would close it. Uh, and then we would have a, a, you know, about two week of transition where, where we were closed. Well, there's this thing called a certificate of occupancy, you know, COE. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, 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 you know, your, your architects telling you this, your contractors <laughs> telling you this, your, your site engineer, you've met with the city and, you know, everything's lined up and stuff. And, and, you know, the, the, things, the, the carpenter, the carpenter in me for 20 years, yeah, my eye yeah, just twitched yeah, when you said yeah, CO, I know, yeah, I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. It's, 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 uh, <laughs> so, so that part of it, you know, having never developed a, a commercial property before and stuff, you know, I, we we were you know we were learning as we were going and stuff. But but anyway, we we, we got through that and stuff. Uh, and then because we were launching uh, a new new name and a, a whole new concept with the membership dimension and stuff, there were lots of challenges that were you know, uh, that, that were part of that, you know, one of the most gratifying things I have to tell you this though, is as we were getting ready to open, uh, obviously we were bringing customers over and they were, we were showing them facilities and stuff. We literally had people trying to hand us money before the doors opened mm -hmm. because they, they saw the vision and they, they saw what we were doing, you know, from an investment perspective and stuff. So, you know, we, as I, as we were talking earlier, you know, we have 50 members up here in terms of our full membership um, offering, and you know, we we didn't have 50 people line up, but yeah. that first 10 or 12 of the, yeah. to use your term, the OG and stuff, it was so gratifying. You yeah. know, they they just couldn't wait, and, and and that was thrilling because we we knew that they were all in with us, yeah. right, with with what we were doing and stuff. Uh, but in terms of, of, of challenges, getting that membership model, um, you know, all the fine points, yeah. what is the what is the combination of benefits that make sense, uh, that justify that expense? Because obviously access to, you know, what we think of as a beautiful facility, mm -hmm. that's something, but that's not enough, right? So yeah. what, what else layered on? So coming up with that set of benefits and... Uh, you know that that was that was definitely a challenge, and then uh, downstairs in the retail area and stuff, coming up with the right combination of of product offerings. You know, we, we when I was showing you guys around and stuff, we had a bigger complement of what we characterize as men's gifts mm -hmm. initially and stuff. So there were things we got right. There were things that we didn't get quite right. Yeah. Uh, obviously, staff. Uh, you know, getting that piece of it, you know, there's, uh, the, the, you know, in, in retail, especially like a, a Walmart and stuff, they, they talk about labor, mm -hmm. right? Well, you can't think about people who work in this business as labor. Mm -hmm. they, they, they have to be part of your family. Yeah. You know? And they have to, you have to trust them and they have to trust you. And, you know, so finding the right uh, folks, um, you know, uh, not only to operate, to, excuse me, to open, but then to maintain. And we've been very fortunate. We've got some really, really high quality. We've got uh, Dave, who you met downstairs briefly and stuff. He came over with us. Uh, but, but since then, it's, you know, 
people kind of, you know, come and go. And so we had to continue to find, you know, great staff and mm-hmm. get them trained up. And so that's always uh, a part of the mix. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's in the last year, of course, what we've all been talking about, you know, the challenge is supply chain, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so getting it's, we, uh, you guys saw downstairs the way we are set up in our humidor is we have these featured brands that we call shops within the shop. Mm-hmm. So we've got a brand placard at the top and then we've got a vertical fixture. Uh, and because we use, um, uh, we use uh, slots. Mm-hmm. We don't use, you know, full boxes and stuff. We're dedicating that. So if, if we don't have product to put in those slots and stuff, that's... Yeah, you, you, see, you see an empty hole. You, you see a hole, and, yeah. and, and that reflects on us, but it's also like a lost opportunity, mm-hmm. right? So it, it it's like, okay, do we have the right model? We think so, but we've got we've to persevere, so we've yeah. got to work work carefully with the, uh, with, with the suppliers on that. Um, and, uh, you know, th- there, there's times when, uh, you know, you'll have a customer or member issue where you have to come alongside them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, uh, and that's the rare, rare exception. Uh, but you know, uh, when we, when we open this membership, uh, space, then, uh, and we branded it the refuge. We wanted it to be a refuge for our members, but I needed it to be a refuge for me too. Yeah. So if it's like if there's conflict or there's mm-hmm. you know, that that sort of thing, uh, and then finally, uh, again on the membership side and stuff, we were talking about the fact that um, you know, a lot of the time, this space up here is unstaffed, right? Yeah. In fact, we never we don't have a permanent staff up here, so therefore it's self service. Which mean members have the run of the place, yeah, right? Yeah. So what's uh, you know what's challenging is to train the members to treat it like it's their property, right? So that it's cared for, and you know you don't have a lot of stuff broken. We've never had anybody, even though we're BYOB, and often spirits are part of that experience mm-hmm. and stuff. Never had anybody throw up in the bathroom. That's good. We've never had a piece of furniture broken. You know, there'd be a glass broken here yeah. and there and stuff. But but that you know, as you're continually having new members come in, because you know, people, um, we were talking about the changing the member model and yeah. stuff to make that work for for us and stuff. So you know, people move away. People you know realize, hey, I'm really not a scar smoker. So mm-hmm. you know, not not good for me bringing new members in and, and training them and, uh, you know, getting them to embrace that model because it's not only self-service, but you use the right, the exact right word. It's self-policing, right? Mm-hmm. So if there's a, if there's some friction starts to creep in and stuff. Mm-hmm. The, the great thing is often and most times it just gets addressed by members. Yeah. And yeah. There's a strong enough ethos among members. Yeah. They'll, they'll just address it. hundred percent. But then, you know, 
if it's beyond that, then I have to address it. So that's yeah. No, I mean, my, my buddy shop up in KC, Locatera, you know, they have a members section kind of like what you do, how it's upstairs. Uh, they have access. It's theirs is a 24 hour access. And I was asking, I was like, what challenges have you, have you seen with that? And he said, you know, they, they take care of their, like what you said, if there's a squabble or whatever, but they know that if they mess up, there's somebody that wants their spot. So they know it, it is self-policing. They clean up after themselves. They empty the ashtrays. They, they leave it cleaner than what they got it kind of thing. And because they know that, you know, they can't mess up because, you know, it's, it's kind of like if you're with, you know, if you're, if you have a little, if you have a kid or whatever, you know, you're, you, you'll let them, you'll let them go as far as the leash will go, but always keep an eye on them. But, you know, let them, let's see how they handle by themselves first and everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, everybody I've talked to that has that, that member access that is not, you know, a retailer doesn't have to be there. It seems to be yeah. nine times out of 10, it's, it's well-maintained. It's, and it's perfectly fine and everything like that. Yeah. If I, matter of fact, you men, mentioned Walker, the, one of our newest members, um, a gentleman by the name of Joe Stapp, uh, came down. He's a, uh, he's a firefighter, uh, but now he's the head of training for the fire department on wall and stuff. He came from that shop, and he's just always saying great things about uh, the shop, mm-hmm. the owner, the, the, the group there mm-hmm. and stuff. So I've heard really good things. Yeah, no, things. It, it, it's, ama- it's amazing. If you're ever up in KC, that's definitely the one go- to go to. Uh, you know, I want to touch on a few things uh, before. So you, you took over Romeo's. Now, I never I never went there was their humidor set up where it was boxes, or did they have cubbies? Uh, no, it, it was boxes. So yeah. what what made you transition from going from the yeah. going from the boxes to the cubbies? Because, because cigar shops, it's usually about fifty fifty. Some yeah. like where where boxes, yep. um, your cubbies, and there a, right. a bunch of other places right. are cubbies as well or right. boxes. So what right. Right. what made what was your vision on going from you know displaying the boxes to going into the cubby section? Yeah. Yeah, um, so uh, we, th- we thought a lot about it, and uh, as, we were, as we were in the process of, of uh, building the building, um, I was, uh, in my day job in technology, I was uh, uh, doing some traveling, so anytime I travel, I would, like you, I'd mm-hmm. take the opportunity to go see shops, and, you know, I'd always ask three questions. I'd always ask, What's hot? What's you know? What's working? You know, mm-hmm. What's really really good? Uh, the second question is um, you know what um, what are you doing to bring new customers to the to your shop? And the third is, and this was always the magic question, right? If you were starting over, mm-hmm. what would you do that you didn't do, right? Or what would you not do? Yeah. That you did do so a lot of great learnings came out of that you know one of the things that's you know obvious to us now is standalone building mm-hmm. you know because even though uh, i mean west end is the perfect scenario for being in a strip center but being on the corner and mm-hmm. kind of uh, somewhat segregated so it's not yeah it's not as problematic as it is in a lot of strips yeah. where, you know, your, your neighbors aren't happy with mm-hmm. you smoking and all that stuff. Uh, but then looking at the layouts of the stores and there's pros and cons to both of these uh, scenarios, the boxes versus the, 
the trays or the cubbies, as you see the term used. Uh, but what it really came down to was an efficiency mm-hmm. question, right? Because uh, anyone who's worked in a cigar shop, and you know this well, it's like a big jigsaw puzzle. But it's like <laughs> there's no standard box size. It, 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 it's <laughs> like it's like that jigsaw puzzle is always changing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's you know you, you still have the right the same outline. Yeah. I mean the physical box. Yeah. You know and stuff, but the shapes and sizes and yeah. stuff it yeah. is just maddening. <laughs> I I mean I was just like, you know this is so tough because there's no standardization. Mm-hmm. And in a way, that's part of the charm, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the boxes—it's, it's art. Yeah. You know, you know, some brands' boxes are more utilitarian. Mm-hmm. You know, and some brands, man, the emphasis they put Works on of the art. physical presentation yeah. is just phenomenal. And stuff. Yeah. So, um, we just wanted to be able to sort of maximize the amount of space and minimize the amount of labor associated with getting product on the shelf. Mm-hmm. That, that's really all it came down to. Uh, you, as you saw downstairs, the the center aisle, we still have the box mm-hmm. part of for, for that, those boutique mm-hmm. areas. And even on the end cap where we, when we have something really special and stuff that we want to present as you walk into the humidor. Yeah. So we got a little bit of both, but it's primarily the trays and it's more about the, you know, I, I, and I'll have to tell you that, that the, you know, that Davidoff fixture mm-hmm. uh, that is sort of become the standard and stuff was one of the things that informed me because I have a lot of, there's a lot of great mm-hmm. cigar manufacturers, but Davidoff, I mean, there, there's not many people who question the business aspect yeah. with those guys. So when they went to a modular concept, to mm-hmm. me, that made sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because that's one thing that, you know, Con, the, our Conway shop is the Davidoff retailer, so the back wall is that. So that's the only cubby section in mm-hmm. in that one. Everything else is boxes. But yeah, so I can see, you know, how if they go to that direction and that's what they're doing, I can see how you can transition it to like, all right, let's just do it for. And it makes it clean. It makes it simplistic. Yeah. But it also everything has its place. You know, yeah. with my in my tool bench, I know where everything is. Yep. It, everything has. My drills go here, blah, 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 goes here, everything. And you can see when something yeah. is out of place. And, yeah, I can see how that, how that, does, how that does that. You know, one of the trade-offs is you lose that, that visual impact, right? Mm-hmm. What we've done is to sort of offset that is, uh, you know, we, we have the, f- the full boxes above and below where mm-hmm. the trays are. And even we didn't look, but if you looked up – behind the trays themselves or boxes okay back there so so we don't we you know people talk about are you a stick shop or are you a box shop Mm -hmm. right um you know to me that's a false choice Mm -hmm. you know if you've got the capital everybody should be a box shop Mm -hmm. right yeah yep so whenever you were transitioning from Romeo's to Cigar District you probably had a few people that were like who are these new guys coming in You, you you know they're you're going to have pushback in any aspect of business, no matter what it is. But for the people who came over as well and the members like that, did you go to them and be like, all right, what is something that you would like to have that this doesn't have? Did you take 
some recommendations and put, you know, pen to paper and say, all right, this is can be the consensus of what they don't have. They're looking forward to this. Did you, did you take the words of the consumer when you're building this place? Yeah. Oh, of course. Of course. I mean, you know, I, I like to think that we're very customer centered and, and customer and member led, right? Mm-hmm. Because, uh, you know, to me, uh, if, if they're, you know, emotionally invested in the shop, then they're going to patronize it more mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. So what we, we probably, I think we went from about maybe, um, well, a little less than double the space, right? So we had lots of possibilities mm-hmm. with, the, with the new humidor and stuff. So in a lot of cases, there was, uh, there was the opportunity to expand within brands we carried. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how the featured, you know, shops within a shop came along. Right? Yeah. We yeah. really, we knew our customers loved Oliva. We knew our customers loved um, my father. We knew our customers loved Ashton and stuff. So we're Fuente. So we were going to give more of that. Yeah. Obviously bringing, you know, Davidoff in because there wasn't a Davidoff Point merchant in Northwest Arkansas. Okay. Matter of fact, there's a, there's a whole story behind that, but but that was something that you know. It, it it's not like we did a survey and that came out on top and that's informed the decision. We made that decision mm-hmm. you know, sort of on behalf of our members as their as their advocate, right? Yeah. Uh, but in in many other cases, there were brands we we talked about uh, Placencia uh, a, as an example. Um, Crux as an example, lots and lots of brands that we brought in based on feedback because these, you know, people who are cigar smokers, they, they're, they're buying online. You mm-hmm. know, that's totally understandable. As, as I said, uh, you know, my, one of my catchphrases, I, I live in an and world. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say it's, it's us or, you know, online, yeah. I, yeah. I, you know, it's free country and stuff. So lots and lots of times guys were traveling and stuff. So they'd come back with, with uh, recommendations, um, but in in many of the cases, we might have already been carrying a product. We were talking about Romacraft downstairs, and we just had the opportunity to really expand the footprint mm-hmm. of those those brands we carry. So, whenever like trade shows happen, are you the one that goes out to do uh, you know uh, the TBE and, and uh, PCA and all that kind of stuff? And so, both my wife and I uh, go to both. Uh, as I mentioned, she she more or less leads the pipe side. Uh-huh. Right, so I, I, on the merchandise side, I might have a little input, but she really kind of leads that. Uh, and uh, we've not done TPE yet. Okay, we we've only done uh, PCA, and uh, and so we we you know that first year, as you can imagine, and 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 Brand Steve can probably extol the virtues of this, but. But we were just like little lost puppies. <laughs> I mean, it was overwhelming. Yeah, I mean, it's just the, the, the little guppies in the big pond. But but as as things have gone along, and this last year, which is a was a substantial smaller footprint, mm-hmm. but for us better. Yeah. yeah, better. Now, would we have loved to had you know uh, uh, Davidoff there and Drew there and you know Altidus there and uh, General there? Sure, but but you know it is what it is. But because it was much more compact, we were able to to spend more time 
with more people, more one and one, and brands that we you know weren't carrying yeah. and that sort of thing. So yeah, yeah, both of us. Yeah, well, I mean, just you know, I've I've done a few laps around your humidor and just seeing the stuff you have. You also have the brands that have some really good reps as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam with Crux, mm-hmm. Steve with Ashton. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you know as much as the tobacconist like I am and like your crew is, that's kind of the lifeblood of what a shop of what a shop is because that's the forward facing. That's what you kind of see first. You know, if you don't have good, if you don't have good tobacconist, it doesn't matter what's in your humidor it kind of leaves a bad taste in people's mouth. Same thing can be said with the, the rep side. If you don't have reps that don't care about a you first and foremost or their product, it really shows it. So mm-hmm. being able to meet with the reps and have more alone time or one-on-one time face-to-face time, and then seeing the bigger people who are like the, the, the ones that are above those that helps a lot as, as well on bringing in certain products or expanding said line of whatever product may be. Yep. I, I absolutely agree. And we are, we are blessed to have some of, you know, if they're better reps than, than some of them we have, then I think we share know, a lot of the same yeah, reps as yeah, well. It's, it's, uh, and, and you know, what's interesting about that is, you know, we have a lot of direct manufacturer reps Mm -hmm. uh, and we have a few brokers as well. Mm -hmm. And in some cases, the, the brokers are just as good and and even better than Mm -hmm. some of the the brand manufacturers. But, you know, we, we share a lot of, you know, like Garrett with Mm -hmm. Davidoff and stuff. Oh, Uh, Calhoun is one of the best out there. He is, he, he is, uh, yeah, really one of one. Mm -hmm. I mean, just such a, special guy even as a human being and um so a lot of a lot of admiration there uh but uh, you know the way i think about it and and the way john and i think about it is is are they reps or are they trying to be partners mm-hmm. in this? because a, a partner your expectation is different mm-hmm. right i definitely have reps who are just reps mm-hmm. and that's and I, I get it. I'm, I'm not going to be frustrated by the fact yeah. that they, they are not going to be a full-fledged partner. I understand it, and I just embrace it, right? Whereas some, they're really invested, and they're bringing us value-add ideas, programs, initiatives, events. You know, obviously, we, especially over the last year, it's been <clears throat> amplified that, like limited edition products and yeah. stuff. I have an obligation as an owner to bring my members and customers mm-hmm. those products. Yeah. And it's on me to ensure they have access to it through us. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, obviously a customer who who loves a certain product and I can't provide it to them, they're going to do what they're going to do. Yeah. And I I get it. Yeah. I'm not, not going to be frustrated with my customer because I can't yeah. service them. Yeah. So I really rely on those those reps to um, you know to be our advocates within their companies, mm-hmm. and you know you sometimes you get disappointed, uh, but but by and large, you know the the big brands that we uh, the feature brands especially that we have, you know I feel like they're really invested. 
Yeah, I mean, and, you know, I, I talk to a lot of reps all the time when they come in, and they feed off the energy of owners. You know, if, the, if, if certain owners are just there just to do a transaction, A and B, that's it, you know, then that's kind of what they'll do. But then if they get the owners that interact and they want to sit down, you know, more times than not, those reps are going to sit down, light up a cigar. Might not even be one that they sell. They'll buy something, you know, just from the humidor, and they'll just sit and just, you know, talk. And then it's that easier aspect to do a transition between the owner and just a consumer that's in there and they'll just strike up a conversation. Right. And there's, there's many times where Sam will be sitting down there. He always comes and chills and hangs out our shop. You know, he'll be talking to a regular and they'll just strike a, try, strike up a conversation and they'll just talk in the, the customer will be like, Oh, well, what do you do? He's like, well, I'm actually a rep for crux. And he's like, Oh cool. I didn't know that. Well, let me, let me go buy, you know, a, a couple cruxes right now. And it's just, it, and it just makes it so much easier and better. And it's just a more cohesive entity between consumer owner and rep all together, where you just have that same end goal in mind. And it's just a little, and, and it's more organic. It's not force fed right. uh, throughout the whole transaction. Right. hundred percent agree. And you know, when the, when the reps come, I, I try to do three things. One is um, I try to give them a, a read on how their products are performing. Mm-hmm. Now, they've got their view of it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the orders I've placed. Yeah, they can see what, they, what they you've get, ordered. They yeah. can see what, what, what we've ordered and stuff. But, um, but that, that's a quantitative metric, and, and that's an important metric. But the qualitative metric is, is that brand engaging? Mm-hmm. Are, are members and customers engaged with that brand mm-hmm. and what's, what are they saying? And, you know, how is it performing from a, from a compared with mm-hmm. uh, sort of thing? So that's, that's one. Uh, the second is I'm, like everybody else. I'm always talking about what's coming down the line. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be what's new per mm-hmm. se, but, but what either from a program or a product or a initiative, you know, are, are, um, is going to be available in the future because obviously in order to participate in those things, a lot of times there's a financial, you know, mm-hmm. investment required. Yeah. So just planning that out. And then the third thing is I always try to make sure they uh, have a chance. If, if we have customers in, like up in this space, members here, I'll take them into the member lounge and I'll introduce them because I want, I want to put to yeah. your point, I want to put a face yeah. to, to that brand uh, and then, of course, they always spend a little bit of time with the with the staff as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, um, I, I would just cite an example. You know, we talk about Gary, but but Steve, near and dear to, to both our hearts and stuff, when they were getting ready to launch the Passion, mm-hmm. right, the La Roma de Cuba Passion and stuff, we wanted to we, – we weren't going to be number one. We knew who, <laughs> who was going to be number one. And, and that's the, I, I say that out of like reverence, mm-hmm. right? Because it's not just because it came from West End, but because there's, there's a real depth there. Right. Yeah. So, so, but we wanted to be one A. Yeah. Right? yeah. And, uh, and, and so we launched that product uh, with his support and stuff. And, and of course it's done really, really well. So, so cigars seem to be regional and everything. So what sells good at our shop might not do well here and vice versa. Yep. So what, what is a few of the, the big ones that are, you know, when you think of cigar, cigar district, you think of 
selling this cigar yeah. a lot? What yeah, what yeah, what yeah. do your clientele yeah. Yeah. really gravitate towards? Well, you know, of course, I I look at that. Uh, I look at the reports every every month and stuff. And uh, month in and month out, from the day we open the doors, the Davidoff portfolio, not just the Davidoff brand, but mm-hmm. the portfolio, which mm-hmm. includes, of course, Zeno and uh, and Camacho, uh, and you know. Avo uh, to a lesser degree, Backrack. That 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 product portfolio has been our number one okay. uh, from from the very beginning. Uh, and then you know the number two through five kind of will may may sort of uh, rotate interchange depending on if we did an event that month mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But the big the big ones you sort of saw if you yeah. look around the humidor. Uh, uh, downstairs, especially uh, Oliva and my father, okay. uh, are are the biggest outside of uh, outside of Davidoff. Uh, we do we do a lot of Fuente, okay. right? Uh, we don't have the Opus line. In the last year, we talked about mm-hmm. you know some of the products like Don Carlos and stuff have been hard hard to get. Yeah. But but I would just like combine um, Fuente with J C Newman because you know it's it's really represented by the same company kind of thing. Yeah. That's that's certainly one of the, the big brands. But more recently, uh, you know, McAuliffe has, has really come on okay. strong. Of course, Padron, always mm-hmm. really uh, one of the top performers. Placencia is one of the top performers. Uh, but, you know, we... Uh, you know, we we have that some of those second and even third tier brands that do really well here, like Foundation, mm-hmm. right? very popular. Of course, Crux. We were talking about. Yeah, Crux has probably, in terms of growth rate, mm-hmm. been the fastest growing. Uh, yeah, brand in our humidor. and you know, and and definitely for us because we've had that and. So that that's interesting to hear from from somebody who goes again to the cubby method because their boxes are so bright and vibrant. Mm-hmm. So when you walk into a humidor full of brown and that stands out, it's it, that just shows you how well that product is and how good it is and how how much the clientele enjoys it. Because even without that that one that first thing of catching it with your eye. Right. You know, and they're just going off by the product itself right. and how it still has that big growth. You know, I've said it multiple times, and hell, Lee's sitting here too. You know, the the Crux Maduro is absolutely amazing. So seeing how not only they don't need to, you know, you know, live and die by their laurels of just having that bright box, they can stand by the product as well on its own, and it still does exponential growth. Yeah, absolutely. What's What's interesting to me is, um, and you know, I, I, I don't want to say frustrating, but it's. It, it, it's it's a little puzzling, but you've already kind of explained the, the reason is that we've never really done well with some of the powerhouse mm-hmm. companies like Altidus mm-hmm. and uh, General. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, we uh, Rocky's definitely in, in, in the top 10, but, but, you know, Rocky's usually like number one, number two in, in a number of shops. Yeah, in a lot right? of shops, yeah. Uh, and by the way, the new Rocky 60 is, I think, phenomenal. The uh, the uh, the Disciple, I think, is the one. I, you've heard my show. I, ha- I, I'm, I I'm have, not, and I'm it not, was the Disciple. It was a Disciple. So it I'm wasn't not, the Apostle. It wasn't. <laughs> it was. It was some. It was. It was, it was biblical of some yeah, sort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not the biggest Rocky fan. Yeah. But I will eat crow 
when I eat crow, yeah. that disciple yeah. was really, really good. And, and I, and I will definitely, you know, push that onto, yeah. to clientele that I think that would like that. So. so one of, one of our members, uh, is a gentleman by the name of C Robinson and C has been to the Rocky tour in Honduras, Nicaragua. Um, he's, he's like, uh, died, died in the wall. Rocky guy, Rocky and Drew, um, and he thinks the disciple is the best product they've introduced in many, many years. I I, I thought it was good. I thought it was quite good for my palate. Mm-hmm. I I enjoyed the, the the sixty the sixty better. I enjoyed it better than the, the white label. I enjoyed it better than the new ALR and probably the the ALR the 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 previous uh, version of the ALR or the original ALR mm-hmm. was probably my favorite Rocky mm-hmm. cigar. But of course, you get in that price point range and stuff, it has to be good. Yeah. Right? It has yeah. to be really, really good. Yeah, because you because you know, yeah, when you're in that price point, there's other options in that same price point as well. So you have to yeah, you definitely have to yeah. knock it out. Yeah. And, and but even back on the point about the big brands and stuff, you know, we've done events, we've done promotions. Mm-hmm. I but you know, I I I can't win the hearts and minds of my customers and members if yeah. they don't they don't like it. Yeah. It's uh, you know it's it's not like those products are because it's they're not affordable or yeah. they're not you know even well made. It's just that uh, you know we've got a lot more boutique oriented customers and customers that. Uh, are more oriented toward these other brands that we talked about. That was my next question. How how does the boutique realm work in just not Northwest, but specifically your shop? Yeah, we're, it, it's it's huge. Okay. It's huge, uh, especially again. We talked about the membership model and stuff. One of the th- one of the just inherent expectations is we'll get the stuff that others want, mm-hmm. right? And. Uh, you know, it's not just boutiques, it's Ellie's within boutiques. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and so definitely. we talked about, yeah, because all yeah. boutiques are, are damn near yeah. Ellie's to begin with. Yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. And uh, as, as you know, well, I mean, this whole terminology of boutique and mm-hmm. stuff gets a little tricky. Yeah. Right? So, <laughs> yeah. so at this point I, I've got, I've got Roma in the boutique, uh-huh. you know, section, but yeah. You know, when you're producing that many cigars, <laughs> it's like technically yeah, Tatawahe's yeah, yeah, boutique, but yeah, like there yeah, needs to be a, a yeah, subset of yeah. boutique of boutique kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, and and you know that's uh, that's. I, I'm glad you mentioned Tatawahe because you know I, I like to talk about hits and misses. You know, one of the misses for us is, you know, we we brought in a a small offering at Tatawahe. Didn't do extremely well. But, you know, the truth is when you have a big humidor, products can get lost. Mm-hmm. And unless your tobacconist is taking people there, or yeah. unless that great blessing, the customer comes in and asks. Yeah. You know, so yeah. so o- over time, that small section got smaller and smaller, right? Well, you know, when we went to the trade show this year and stuff, we went and met with um, the, the, the rep uh, and, you know, uh, we didn't meet with Pete, but saw him and mm-hmm. stuff. And you know that's been a miss for us. We so we doubled down, and mm-hmm. and we're in the process of scaling up that product. In some cases, we've used like humidipacks, okay, as a way of kind of introducing and seeing if a cigar would resonate. Uh, and um, 
and, and, and the reason is you saw how we're displaying. When I saw, I saw you had the red and black packs. Yes. That, yes. that by far right now has been one of the hottest sellers because it's five cigars yep. and it's sub 40 bucks. Yep. And it's, so that, that's what, that's, what's interesting. You know, we talk about regionally wise, you know, we're three hours away. We're still in the same state. We're a big Tatuaje shop. Mm-hmm. People love Tatuaje. So it's interesting to see how just three hours north, and it doesn't have, it doesn't resonate as well uh, uh, up here. But, you know, it sounds like, you know, you just haven't found that clientele yet I, that are gr- growing to it, though. Well, and I blame myself, right? I, I, Tatuaje is for the true cigar geek. Mm-hmm. I, and I say that with love and affection. It, it's a big popular brand yeah but for the general cigar smoker and stuff not as much so you've got to call some attention you got to bring mm-hmm. some you know you, you got to show it a little bit of love yeah. to then provide some nurture so you, you saw how we displayed <coughs> excuse me our huma packs and stuff and the reason i put those the red and the black on, on the shelf in one of those mm-hmm. spaces we were out of the the two fatolas and stuff but I wanted to call more attention yeah. to it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and they're, they're the doing what they're doing with that, with a red and black pack. It is, it is opening up avenues for other people because, you know, with the holidays just ended, you know, we had a lot of wives come in, a lot of daughters come in buying stuff for the husbands and dads and stuff like that. And they walk in, you know, it's, it could be very, menacing walking into a cigar shop when you don't know anything about it. So again, that's where the tobacconist comes in and does their job. But when you re- when you already have something prepackaged at a good cost, that's a humidified bag as well, which is another big selling point. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to like, you can throw it in the stocking. It doesn't have to be humidified. It, it's fine. You know, it's just those little, those little things that a lot of businesses, you know, manufacturers are now picking up on that. They're, you know, they're getting work, they're getting feedback from, you know, the, the clientele itself, you know, you and I, the clientele, not the, not the, just the cigar smokers in the clientele. So there's another subset of that, but you know, they're, they're seeing what is working, what they can improve on. And that's one of the things that I've noticed where a lot more, a lot more cigar businesses, meaning uh, the the providers are moving to that prepackaged four or five Perdomo is by far our biggest seller. You know, they have the four packs of the uh, the um, Maduro, Sun Grown, and Connecticut. Those just fly off because we're a big Perdomo shop. Right. And it also helps when you have already have a four-pack set up. It's grab-and-go, four different ones. It's easy. Anybody can pick that up. You know, if you're buying for somebody who doesn't, the, you know they're a cigar smoker, but they don't know what they have. Like, oh, uh, this right here. There's yep. something, there. there's going to be something in here for them. Yep. And so, you know, seeing more businesses go to that go to that mindset it's just opening up more avenues for you and i to provide an even better product for the consumers because there's there's consumers inside of consumers and you know they're helping us by and then we're helping you know you know john doe to get whatever they want right and just to build on that um we have to take it on ourselves to sort of take a model that like that that's working and 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 leverage it so you when you were downstairs at the, at the uh, POS counter, you saw the little packs that we had displayed mm-hmm. on the counter and stuff that we made up ourselves mm-hmm. because, like, in this case, it was McAuliffe, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's a brand that doesn't have the same sort of reach 
that mm-hmm. a lot of our, but it's a, it's an excellent brand. It's, mm-hmm. and these guys, they're doing a lot of innovative things in terms of, of, of growing that, uh, you know, that consumer, the consumer base through their ambassadors program, through some of the things they're doing with, uh, to cultivate smoking among women. Mm-hmm. Uh, just so we feel like they're, they're one of those, again, companies that is a, a real partner yeah. versus just, you know, a rep. Yeah. So when this comes out, it's going to be New Year's Eve. 2022 is right around the corner. Let's forget about 2020, forget about 2021, because those years, they didn't happen. Mm-hmm. What What is your vision for the cigar district coming up in the future of 2021? What, uh, you know, what events do you have lined up? And where do you see you, you know, what do you see in vision for the north northwest corner of Arkansas? Yeah, yeah. So, so um, I like I'm I like to say I'm not a very smart guy, but I'm capable of learning. So I I I knew this question. Was <laughs> Got notes? <laughs> I actually have notes. For this. Right. So so uh, it, it, you know if you think about our growth model, right? We I've said many times and I'll say it again, we're early in our journey. When I look at our business versus West End, when I look at myself versus Brandon and stuff, you know, I like to say I'm rich in only one thing, humility. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. This this business will reinforce your humility. Right? Oh yeah. So, oh yeah. Lot to learn. Uh but but from a you know, what I see trend-wise and what I think is going to fuel future growth is we will be standing up an e-commerce okay. business uh, in 2022. We had wanted to do it last year, but just, you know, all the madness and mm-hmm. you know, uh, other things and stuff. So that was, uh, that, was a, that was a huge and will be a huge, uh, uh, you know, uh, focus. And it's not just do we have a quote, shop, on, online shop, we got to do it well. We got to mm-hmm. do it consistent with everything else we're doing yeah. with real depth and quality. Well, well, and also a lot of what a lot of not a lot, not a lot of people know is that's now a new law enacted in Arkansas is that you can now sell product, tobacco product online. That's something that I wasn't even aware of until it actually became law, I think, September 1st or so. And then it finally en- enacts in right. January 1st of 2022. Right. So, right. yeah. So, right. And, and you know, it, it's, it's interesting because, because it's, it's kind of tricky. You know, you're, you're somewhat creating some competition with yourself mm-hmm. a little Definitely. bit, uh, yeah. but, but in this case, what we want it to be is an extension of the shop. So, yeah. so as much as we have a lot of of product, mm-hmm. a lot of SKUs, right? Uh, you know, I find myself, as as I'm sure is the case with you, you know, constantly being asked about products that we, we don't have. Mm-hmm. Some cases it's a Vitola, mm-hmm. but in some cases it's, you know, it's different brands. So what we want to do with the e- e-commerce is we want to we want to meet two needs. One is that need for convenience, that consumers of your generation, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I'm pointing at Lee over here, you know, who, who, even though Lee values the shop experience and stuff, and I'm not looking to do, to take away from that, but, yeah. but that it's an and, right? Mm-hmm. We want to give them that option as well. And then the, and then the second is, uh, you know, at, at Walmart, they, they talked about their uh, e-commerce business as the endless aisle. Mm-hmm. Right? So I want to be able to provide not only convenience, but product, 
I've always said, I don't carry all every product, but I can get just about every product, yeah. right? Well, you know, it, it, that doesn't translate as well. You know, if you've got a great customer who's willing to be patient and stuff, then I'll do a special order, right? Yeah. But, but that's, you know. There's a lot of shades of gray in that. There's a lot of friction in that, yeah. right? Yeah. It just, it's just not, not, not a great experience. So this will give that and. Uh, to, to those customers. So that's one uh, big focus. The other is we've done a few off-site, uh, you know, uh, partnerships with like a, a local brewery mm-hmm. where we will go and they'll have a, uh, uh, it's called Natural State uh, Beers um, in Rogers, and they'll have a uh, Cigars and Sinatra night. Okay. And they, we did several over the course of the summer, uh, and you know we set up there and we service their customer, you know, and, and but but it's but it's it's us providing the cigar part of the experience, and yeah. stuff. that's that's really been great. You know, when I talked about Smoketoberfest, then that uh, we we served their beer out on our patio and awesome. stuff. So my point is uh, partnerships like that i want to do more of that right because as as we talked earlier you know we've got a beautiful facility but it's a facility with limitations right Mm -hmm. you've got a limited amount of space and stuff so doing more Mm off-premise business and stuff is is a focus um if you haven't seen it just straight up the street here there's a there's a um facility called uh, Blake Street and Blake Street is uh, it's kind of part health part fitness part restaurant part bar part social club kind of thing that uh, uh, that uh, has a membership model and and uh, we've done an event with them when Shia Goldberg came to town okay. and we did our Davidoff event here, yeah. we did an off-premise okay. w- for their members. And it was just to educate their members on, on cigars. And we did a, uh, our son, who is a professionally trained actor and stuff, did a number of readings from Winston Churchill. Okay. So it was, you know, it was wrapping an experience around education. Yeah. And because they're kind of health-oriented, they, you know, they don't allow smoking on their site. So after the event, we brought all of them over to our patio and we had them, you know, experience that. So that, that kind of partnership had that synergy quality to it. Yeah. Uh, so, so more of those kind of things. And then you, you mentioned experiences. Uh, so uh, we have a, uh, a, a member appreciation day after the first of the year. And part of that is we'll do a survey and we're going to seek their feedback on what they want to see more of. So in the past, we've we've sort of led the we're bringing this to you, and they really value and appreciate that and stuff. But now we want to make it more like you were talking earlier. Make it more okay. Now you've had a lot of experiences. What do you want to see more of, or what do you want to see different? So that that's kind of a work in progress. Awesome. Um, do you have any uh, membership availables up here? Or are they all spoken for right we, now? We we don't have any. Uh, so so we have three types of membership. That what we call the full membership, which is all the facilities, uh, including what we're sitting in now and the and the lounge and stuff. 
we, we only have 50 slots and all 50 are, are occupied. And you, you mentioned earlier, we have, we have a waiting list mm -hmm. of folks. And uh, so we don't have any memberships, uh, full memberships left, but we also have uh, a patio only membership. Uh, and that's really more for the, for the person who enjoys cigars and maybe even they enjoy having their wife around it, but they don't want to sit in a smoke-filled room. Yeah. Right? Uh, we've got several patio members. In terms of incremental memberships during the winter, yeah. it's a little tougher, right? <laughs> yeah. Although this this winter, well, this, it's, it's been glorious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, like out there today, it's just fantastic. And of course, we've got we've got uh, heaters and we've got fire tables and we've got that kind of thing. But you know, let's let, let's face it. You know, average cigar smoking guy and stuff. He's uh, um, you know, and I'd like to say she also, but primarily it's he, they're, you know, their paint threshold is pretty low. So, yeah. so it's, uh, it's kind of tough to, to sell a lot of patio memberships. And then the third type of membership we have is travel. Uh, so not so much in the last couple of years for, for obvious reasons, but traditionally Bentonville is a place where an enormous number of people travel into yeah. to service Walmart. Yeah. Right. Uh, and that's that's all kinds of, uh, of of suppliers, both merchandise and services and technology and that sort of thing. So we always thought the third sort of leg of the, the stool for us would be that traveler member. And the difference is the traveler member gets gets uh, gets the benefit of access and you know uh, uh, both in, in and out, but they they have to live. Uh, more than 250 miles away, and they obviously don't get uh, invited to uh, the. They're they're welcome to attend events, but we don't expect them to attend. You know, a lot of member events, and yeah. that sort of thing. Uh, but yeah, awesome. So where where can people find you on Instagram, online, all that kind of stuff? Where, yeah. where where's the socials at? Yeah, the the cigar district on on uh, Facebook on. Um, Instagram. Uh, again, we've put a huge emphasis on our website. Okay. Uh, you know, when you when you uh, hit the landing page on our website, uh, it it immediately loads a drone video of our facilities. Okay. Uh, especially our our um, patio uh, and you know building and that sort of thing. But very extensive information available through. Uh, thecigardistrict.com. Yeah, so if you're anywhere near here, definitely check it out because, I mean, I'll even attest, the first because I wasn't sure, you were giving us a tour, and you're like, all right, let's go check this out. And we walk out the door, and it was the outside patio, and the first word out of my mouth was like, whoa, <laughs> because it was it was nice. I mean, it was just like, it, it, was, it was big, it was open, it was inviting at the same time. It was, it was, it was, you know, when you think of a patio outside, that is, uh, it's, especially being up on the, on, you know, on the roof, looking over, you know, uh, you know, the, the neighborhood and everything, but it was just, it was inviting. That was, that was the main thing. Right. Yeah. And, and just shout out to, uh, to the West end guys. We've had a, a number of folks travel up who have, who have come by and introduced themselves and their association with, <coughs> excuse me, with West end. Uh, and we always, always love uh, West end guys up and, you know, if 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 somebody's coming up that you know about, let me know. They can be my guest, right? So, yeah, I mean, I, I've I've had two friends that had to move up 
to uh, this area, uh, Drew, uh, my barber down down there, and then Reed, a former employee who yep. now works with Walmart. And yep. uh, you know, I think I think they both both come here. I, I, Drew's probably going to be meeting me up here later on uh, today to have a cigar and everything. So yeah. yeah, there's there's you know plenty of people that I've known that have you know had to move this way, and even before be this is my first time here. I've always said go check out Cigar District because just seeing the pictures. You know, doesn't do it justice by far. So you have to be in here to, to really check it out. And then just seeing the selection that you have humidor wise, like I was already picking out things like, okay, I'm buying a bunch of that. I'm buying a bunch of that. So there's, there's going to be something for everybody in the humidor. Uh, so definitely if you're anywhere near the area, definitely check it out. I, I appreciate that. And I just uh, met Reed probably in the last couple weeks and Seems like a fantastic young guy yeah. and stuff. He's already inquired about membership and stuff. And uh, we've definitely got him on a priority list good. in terms of, of future membership. Good, good. Well, I appreciate you taking time to and open up your open up the, the shop and, uh, and upstairs for us to uh, to do the show. Uh, I really appreciate it. You know, this was a this was a fun thing I was looking forward to. You know, the holidays was you know time for family. But now with my week off, this is what I've been looking forward to. Uh, a lot, you know, I had, you know, I just happened to talk to Lee a couple weeks ago. Be like, yeah, I got the week off. I'm going to, you know, go up, go up to Bentonville and check it out. He's like, oh, I got the week off too. I'm like, well, hell, do you want to go with me <laughs> just to check it out with me? So thank you for, you know, taking time off and, and doing the show uh, with, with me. Uh, thanks for listening too. That's uh, that's uh, I really appreciate that. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I also want to appreciate you. Um, I, I've told you, you know, privately, uh, this, this podcast is very special to me, um, and, um, you know, I, I, th- I think that, un- unlike a lot of podcasts, and I'm not comparing, but I just want to call attention to the fact that, uh, that it's more than cigars. It's, it's really, it's really uh, in many respects, sort of nurturing lives, if not changing lives, uh, and that's a big statement to make about a podcast and stuff. But, uh, you know, there's uh, it's 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 always a lot of like fun and education. uh, But but I don't think there's another podcast out there that's like uh, going deeper on the humanity side. Mm. And uh, so I just appreciate you as a listener on behalf of, you know, many other people and stuff for all that you and Mark are doing. And, uh, you know, credit to uh, Steve and his part. Uh, in the in the beginning and stuff, so um, I'm uh, I'm grateful to have an opportunity to be part of this. So thank you. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's it, just like owning a shop. It's a uh, it's a labor of love. Sometimes it's like every day is different. Some days it's it's a job. Sometimes, but for the most part, it's all right. Let's go make some content. Let's go uh, let's go let's be a voice for some people that might need a little bit of encouragement or you know just just something that, you know, I might not need or might not know somebody else needs, but they actually need it at the time. So I'm just glad to have this platform again to, you know, help the community out, uh, you know, just be a voice for the Cigar District and what you're doing up in Northwest Arkansas. So, all right. So our top 10 show is coming up in a couple of weeks. We're going to record in two weeks, I believe. So make sure you get those top tens to us so we can spout it off. I've already got a few. I want to get some more in. Um, if you're listening and you're anywhere near here, if you're not still travel up to Northwest Arkansas, it's a beautiful uh, area. Ozarks, plenty of, plenty of mountains. 
Um, you know, basketball season is, is uh, in full effect in Fayetteville, just right down the road. Um, and it's just three hours, actually less than three hours. We made it about 2.45. So, Mark, uh, I'm not slow driving. <laughs> we made it in a good time. Uh, it helps when there's literally nobody on the road. <laughs> so that helps. Uh, check it out. Um, and, uh, again, thanks for, for taking some time off for, for doing this. appreciate it. Uh, we're going to close up here, and I'm going to go smoke some more cigars and, and, and buy some now. So. So, all right, we will uh, talk to everybody next week. Oh, Mark's not here to see his thing, to say his thing. All right, uh, be the good, I guess. Yeah. All right, later. Later.